Hello, and welcome to a special midday edition of News Underground. I'm currently here with Max Wolpert. Hello. Who will be conducting the Pendulum concert here at CU Boulder, along with the Image School of Music. Anyways, so what is this concert about? Yeah, absolutely. So Pendulum New Music is a concert series we have over at the at the College of Music. It's uh, once a month uh, over the course of the year. And the idea here is to showcase the role of new music in the classical world, and specifically at the College of Music in CU Boulder. So we present new works, many premieres by CU composition students and faculty and composers around the world, presented by the talented performers of the College of Music. Uh, it's a really great time, and they're always free in beautiful Grusen Hall over in the Ivy Music Building. So what are some of the pieces that you'll be putting on for this concert? So this concert is a really special one, and I'm really excited about it, because generally speaking at Pendulum, we showcase smaller groups of performers, soloists, chamber ensembles, string quartets, things like that. And this time, we're putting together a slightly larger group. So we're having a full chamber orchestra of phenomenal graduate and undergraduate performers uh, that I'll be conducting for two pieces. Uh, in this case, it's one piece uh, by me uh, and a piece by an undergraduate composer, Chase Church. My piece is called St. Melangeth's Voyage Across the Sea for Viola and Strings, and Chase Church's Ode to Rings of Light for Flute, Piano, and Strings. So it's a chance for some really fun combinations of musicians and a, a great full cohort of performers. And you said earlier when we were speaking that your concert is based off of the story of a saint. Uh, could you tell us a little more about that? Yes. Uh, saint Melengesh is one of the more unusual uh, saints. She was a 6th century Irish princess who fled Ireland to avoid an unwanted arranged marriage, crossed the Straits of St. George by herself on a wooden plank, wound up in the middle of a forest in central Wales where she lived as a hermit for 30 years until she fell afoul of the prince of that part of Wales when he was hunting hares. And the hare took shelter underneath her cloak and she commanded the prince to stop. And he did and recognized that she was a very holy woman, gave her all of that land to build a church. And it's still there now and she is recognized as the patron saint of hares, rabbits, and small woodland animals. And you said that uh, each phase of the concert is going to have influences from her life and the times. Yeah, exactly. So my piece is organized into three movements, uh, and each one of them is uh, incorporating elements from a different style. So the first movement is her voyage from Ireland to Wales, and it takes the form of an Irish jig, a sort of uh, raucous, bouncy, cheery tune of adventure on the high seas. Uh, if you've ever been to the British Isles, the, the sea there is pretty intense, so crossing it alone on a a plank is a pretty impressive feat. Then the second movement is called Prayer. This is her time uh, alone in the woods, and it's sort of a pastiche of, of medieval church music, uh, using the strings in unison to create a kind of a chant effect and, and some counterpoint as well, uh, common to medieval and early Renaissance church music. And then the last movement, uh, that's her encounter with the prince and the rabbits, uh, takes the form of a Welsh pipe tune. Welsh traditional music, and particularly their bagpipe music, is really, really interesting and innovative. It has a really constant, steady pulse and groove, but it's not organized into nice, even danceable units the way that Irish and Scottish traditional music is. So Welsh music has that same rhythmic vitality, but it's crooked, it's asymmetric. The parts aren't the same length, they don't line up in quite the way that you expect. So I, I'm really excited to present this because I think that while Irish and Scottish music has become widely known and very, very popular throughout the world, uh, not a lot of people outside of Wales are familiar with traditional Welsh music. And I'm really a big fan of the style. I think it's it's really, really fun and interesting. So I'm hoping that folks can come out to the concert and, and maybe uh, maybe catch a bit of catch a bit of the fire for traditional Welsh music.
I'm curious, what kind of a process did you go through when putting together this piece um, and deciding how to represent each phase and working with these mu this music? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm a fiddle player myself by training. Uh, so for me, this was a great chance to take some of the stylistic ideas and idioms that I work with as a performer and put them into notated music for a large ensemble. One of the things about this that's really fun is to be able to uh, create music for this larger group of people and to take some of the ideas that I'm comfortable with and work on how to, to best teach and communicate them to classical performers. And in this case with a, a soloist, I was in, initially commissioned to write this piece by a group called Musique sur le Mer Orchestra in Long Beach, California, uh, with a soloist named Brett Dubner, who's an absolutely phenomenal player and can really kind of do anything on the instrument. So having that freedom to, to write uh, very virtuosic, very very showy, flashy music was a lot of fun to be able to bring some of these ideas of the sort of dazzling fiddle playing uh, from these styles and and putting it in the context of this this viola concerto. And uh, a doctoral candidate in viola, Conrad Sklar, is going to be performing it uh, uh, next Wednesday, and he's just just tremendous. So it's going to be really, really fun to, to hear him play. With this, um, with this concert, what originally inspired you to take on the life of this saint as your um, inspiration for this concert? Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, when, when, uh, when I perform, I perform in a lot of these traditional idioms. And I first came across this story when I was learning from various recordings as, as I do to learn new repertoire. I came across a harp tune. There's a great tradition for the harp in Wales. It's uh, one of their really sort of core instruments. Uh, there was a tune that was called Melengeth, and one of the things is when I'm learning traditional Welsh music, the titles of the tunes are in Welsh, and you want to know what the name of the tune means. I don't speak Welsh particularly well, so I, I'm looking up what the names of these tunes mean. And so I, I looked up what Melengeth was, and I came across the story, and I thought it was just so wild and out there and bizarre that uh, I thought it would make for a really, really fun piece of music that sort of uh, tells tells the story of this very very unusual interesting woman, uh, and so then uh, after that I was speaking with Brett. I was speaking uh, with Marcy Sudak, the conductor in Long Beach, and uh, pitched the idea to them to to write this piece, uh, and they were really interested in it and really wanted to wanted to kind of go for it. And it was initially actually presented as part of a concert of premieres that was done at the Aquarium of the Pacific in Long Beach. So everything that was on that program was sort of themed around water or the ocean in some way anyway. Uh, hence the title in this case, Saint Melengel's Voyage Across the Sea, one of her miracles for which she became a saint. Just being a really good sailor and being able to cross a very dangerous ocean by yourself in not a real boat. With um, the Pendulum concert, what are some of the other pieces that are being put on? What are some of the other events that you're working with? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so in, in this particular concert, I'm really excited that we have both of these these two two pieces for large ensemble. That's a, a real a real treat for for Pendulum. The other piece that uh, the Chamber Orchestra is doing is a piece by Chase Church. It's called Ode to Rings of Light, and it's a, a very very beautiful serenade for flute and piano and string orchestra. So another slightly unusual combination of instruments. Uh, and as well here, he's taken instead of the traditional two sections. Uh, of, of violins, he's got four. So it's these really lush, rich, beautiful expanded harmonies. A really tremendous piece, really, really gorgeous, very slow moving and, and, and rich in its, in its harmonies. I'm really excited that. Jordan Holloway also has a very interesting flute sonata that's being done, a flute and piano piece that's, uh, that's sort of a, a typical form to have a flute and piano piece, but it's unusual in that he's having the flutist play 
all of the different flutes, not just the sort of standard flute that you and I are used to hearing, but also a piccolo and also an alto flute, and I believe also a bass flute. Uh, so a chance to really hear some, some very, very interesting instruments that you maybe wouldn't necessarily normally hear in a, in a flute sonata. Then Brian Lambert also has a piece for a, for a jazz combo, and I believe he's actually going to be here on your show tomorrow to talk about that. Is that right? Um, so we're, we're excited to hear that as well. Uh, one of the great things about Pendulum that I think is really tremendous is that there's always a real diversity of style across the program. The pieces are always great. The performers are always tremendous. But it's great to hear in particular that you can have seven or eight different pieces that you can hear that are all stylistically completely different and really, really disparate from each other. And I think it does a great job of highlighting the real diversity of styles and backgrounds and individual creative voices in the composition department over at CU. Have you worked with uh, some of these Pendulum concerts in the past years? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm actually, I'm the production manager of Pendulum as well. So I work in logistics and sort of organizing and putting all the concerts together. Uh, and I've frequently had uh, pieces that I've written uh, performed uh, performed on Pendulum concerts by tremendous performers uh, in the College of Music, the Ajax String Quartet. Conrad Sklar has presented a solo viola piece of mine uh, as well. This is, I believe, the first time that I'm going to be on stage during a Pendulum concert. Uh, not performing here, but, you know, waving my arms around instead. But that's going to be really fun, and I'm excited for that. Interesting. Um, so for these concerts, as you've gone through them throughout the years, what other kind of styles have you seen that you've taken a liking to? What are some of your other um, notable um, concerts or pieces that you've seen throughout the years? Yeah, absolutely. There's always all kinds of really, really fun things that we get to hear. Uh, there's been a lot of really fun presentations of electronic music, uh, things that you maybe wouldn't necessarily hear as frequently in a concert hall. Uh, at at the, the last one, Sean Winters presented a really, really amazing piece that covered all kinds of breadths of styles from jazz to electronic dance music to really atmospheric, interesting things. That was really, really fantastic. Uh, we've had various pieces in the style of composers like Ravel and WC. Uh, we've had 12-tone music, really kind of out there, abstract, spiky, 21st century sounding stuff. Uh, we've had presentations of, you know, singer-songwriter pop Pop songs, Jack Gaffney sang, a, sang a, a tune on the last one that was really fantastic to hear. Uh, I've written klezmer music that we've, that we've put together there. You know, really pretty much any style that you could think of, we've had showcased at, at some point or another. It's, it's really, really great to hear how rich the sound worlds are uh, around, around the College of Music. Do you have any inspirations for possible pieces you might, might do in the future? Yeah, definitely. I'm really, really excited for a number of the projects that I've that I've got in the works here. Uh, there's there's a number of different things that are sort of cooking away right now. Some of which I can talk about, and some of which I can't. But one of the things that I'm working on now is a, a really interesting piece that's going to incorporate elements of circus music. Uh, I'm a, a, a big fan of klezmer music, and a lot of that is incorporated into into the sort of circus sounds. But in this case, I'm working on a piece right now that uh, it takes its inspiration from calliope music from sort of old-fashioned uh, carnival sounds and uh, specifically if you're at all familiar with a book by Ray Bradbury called Something Wicked This Way Comes there's a great moment where there's a, a haunted carousel that can either age people forwards or backwards and when they're going around backwards to get younger the calliope on the carousel plays Chopin's funeral march backwards so I'm working on incorporating that into a, a little circus-influenced piece that hopefully is gonna gonna scare the living daylights out of you. That sounds wonderful. I'm very interested in hearing that. Um, are there any other projects you'd be interested in speaking about? Well, there's some stuff that's cooking around that uh, that 
should be an awful lot of fun. And, and again, hopefully what we can do is, is get more projects that use these larger groups like this on pendulum concerts, because I'm, I'm working on a lot of orchestral music that I'm hoping to be able to showcase at some point, at some point soon. I've got a, uh, an orchestra piece that's getting premiered uh, in the fall, uh, not here in Colorado, but I'm, I'm excited to hear that. That's another, another one in more in the vein of, of on the spooky side of things that's gonna, gonna get premiered around Halloween uh, in the fall. It's called The Man Whose Gloves Were on the Wrong Hands. Uh, that uh, that should be an awful lot of fun. So hopefully we can we can continue this prospect of of getting larger groups on on the Pendulum concert, so we can hear hear some more large scale music like like that in the future. I read with uh, some of your music as well that you also take a certain magic influence and fantasy influence from folk music. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge nerd and like to read fantasy. But one of the other things too that really fits in nicely is because of my background as a, as a fiddle player, I'm taking these musical influences from musical traditions as well. And so related to that, it often works out very nicely to take stylistic or programmatic influences from folk tales and folk stories, uh, many of which have various magical or fantastical things in them. So I have a, a string quartet that's based on various myths and folk legends, uh, including the story of Cuchulain and the Morrigan, who's a, a warrior and Irish legend who was so strong that no one could hurt him, uh, until eventually he managed to anger the goddess of death, which, you know, never a strategic good move. But uh, following that, he, he, was, he, he was then finally felled in battle. Uh, someone, someone had a magic spear. Uh, that was the only thing that could hurt him. And then a, a, a movement that's inspired by the story of Daedalus and the labyrinth that no one can escape until he builds a set of flying wings and, and gets away. Uh, and then uh, a movement that's based on, on the traditions from, from traditional Swedish music uh, and, and that style and uses the story of Hugin and Munin, uh, the two ravens that are the sort of the eyes and ears of Odin, the all-father in the world, so that they, they kind of fly around and, and come back to Asgard and tell, tell him everything he needs to know about what's going on in the world. Um, and even I'm, I'm also very fond of, you know, the, the, the big stories of battle and death and things are fun, but I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the sort of minor, minor magics, the magic that doesn't draw as much attention. The story of St. Melangach is a great example that when uh, the hare is hiding under her cloak and the prince goes to blow his horn to set his dogs on them, uh, the horn sticks to his face and he can't blow it. So that's, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of story that I always think is just very charming and a lot of fun to, to have in music. So there's, there's a, a moment you'll actually hear in the piece. There's a, the violist, the sol solo violist goes to play a horn call, and it, it doesn't quite work out. So that's something to listen for. And once again, when is this Pendulum concert going to be? It's Wednesday, April 10th at 7.30 p.m. in Grusen Hall in Ibing Music Building, and it's free, so come on by. Bring your friends. It's going to be a party. Interesting. Uh, are there any other things you'd like listeners to know about the concert, about your music, about your work? One thing that I really, really encourage everybody to think about when they're coming to something like this is that the kind of music that I write is designed to be enjoyed by anybody. You don't need a degree in music theory. You don't even really need to think of yourself as a fan of classical music, per se. This is dance music. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to be enjoyable. It's meant to get you up out of your seat and stomping your feet. So consider coming by, even if you don't think of yourself as a fan of classical music, there's probably going to be something on one of these concerts that you're going to really dig. So I hope you'll, uh, you'll give us a try and, and come on down. This concert's going to have a lot of really, really diverse, really fun music on it. So you'll have a ball. That's good. Thank you, Max. Thank you. Coming on down. Anyways, as you know, Pendulum Concert's on April 10th, this next Wednesday. Come on down, definitely.
hope to see you there. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Max. Thank you. All right, back to the music. Thank you. This was News Underground. <laughs> 